Hi, this is the podcast channel of Lighthouse Church in Ottawa, Canada. We are a family. We don't do life alone. We are about the one, each and every one. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Our hope and prayer is always for life change. Here is today's message. Be blessed as you listen. Welcome home. The Lord will meet with you today in Jesus' name. Exodus chapter 14 from verse 8. I'm going to read to verse 15. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. The Bible says, And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with boldness. <laughs> Note that they went out with boldness. So the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them, camping by the sea beside Pi, somewhere I cannot pronounce, before Baal Siphon. Verse 10, and when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, so they were very afraid. Do you realize that they just went from being bold to very afraid? The Bible says they went out with boldness, and then they became very afraid, very afraid. Has that ever happened to you before? You were bragging on Sunday, coming out of church. I'm going to take this week, double blessing, double promotion. And then on Monday, you were very, very terrified. <laughs> okay, so it ha- you're not the only one it's happened to. All right, so the Bible says that they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then, <laughs> then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt. This was the condition in Egypt. There were no graves. Have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. In other words, out of the two options, dying in the wilderness and serving the Egyptians, they pick serving the Egyptians. I pick neither. I pick the promised land. Does that make, do you pick the promised land? I'm not dying in the wilderness, and I'm definitely not serving the the Egyptians, all right? And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. Today, for the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. (laughs) Forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to do what? Come on, to do what? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Holy Spirit, I ask that you breathe upon this word. Give utterance, give understanding. Let the word mix with faith in our hearts. And let there be a return, multiple fold, O God. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go 
forward, go forward. So, uh, you know, we've been in a very, very long series, right? The letter series for many, this is not letter series, but I guess we've been there so long that everything feels like it's the letter series to us. We've been talking about the epistles, right? From last year or something, for a while, right? And it's been an, an, an amazing study. I think we've learned a number of things. But now the Holy Spirit has kind of allowed us to pivot a little bit to address the next three Sundays, which we're calling three prophetic Sundays, um, because God wants us to speak over the house, over your lives, over your families, thrust you into the new year with a lot of momentum. How many of you are excited about that? Absolutely. With a lot of momentum. You're not going to start the year like you always start every other year. And so, you know, the background to this was um, the, the Sunday when we were going to open this facility, that was November 14, was it? In the morning, I just woke up. I was just thanking God and giving God praise, you know, and the Lord dropped a word in my heart. And I remember on that day, I said that word, go forward. You remember that? That word just stayed in my heart, and it's been in my heart for the past two, three weeks. It just hasn't left. And the Lord said, you know what, let's dedicate the month of December to speaking prophetically over our house, over each one of you, over your families as well. Um, and the reason why God would have us do this at this time is because God is pleased with his house. Yes. It, it's a good thing for God to be pleased with you. Um, God is pleased with this house. I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. I'll give you context. You know, in June or July, thereabout, we said to us that we found a new space. This space, if you, if you haven't just come in for the first time, let me assure you that this place looked nothing like this. All right? Um, it was bare space. We made an announcement. We've come up with a space. We're going to renovate. We're going to do, you know, share our vision and all that stuff. And we said we needed to raise... It was $120,000 or something, $1,000. We were wrong. Actually, absolutely wrong. Turned out to be much more. We needed much more. We actually needed close to one hundred and sixty dollars to get to where we are today. Um, and we just made an announcement casually. We did not ask anyone to come forward. Well, we were online. <laughs> we didn't ask you to pledge. We didn't ask you to fill out a form. We just told you that between you and God, whatever God puts in your heart, do. Right? Do you remember that? That's what we said. Just do whatever the Lord has put in your heart, and we believe that the work will be finished. The work will be completed. And so we started. And so in about two, three months thereabout, somehow all that money that we needed to finish the work came in. Um, <laughs> clap for Jesus, please. <laughs> now, now, I remember when we were starting out the work, um, we had about, I think it was 60000 I'm not really sure. It, about 60000 on the bank. And we needed about 120 by our estimation. We actually needed more than that. We didn't know until we started getting quotes and contractors started telling us that, you know, yeah, bring more than we <laughs> we'd anticipated, right? So starting out in itself was an act of faith. I remember God told me just as we, you know, made the announcement to start to dig into the funds because I was waiting for all the money to come in. That's how I am. Like, let all the money be in the bank. Then we'll start to spend the money. And God said, no, start to dip deep into the thing. And he gave me that word that Elijah gave the widow, right? That the jar of oil will never be used up. The cruise will never be empty until the day that God sends rain upon the earth. So I remember we, we the first expense was a bulky one. I think it was this screen. The account just, whew, I said, I said, holy ghost, how are we going to do this? And every time it went down, we came back up. And every time he went down, he came back up. I just closed my eyes. I said, Brandy, pay this bill. Brandy, pay this bill. I don't want to know what's left in the account. I was just sending pay, 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 pay. And God took care of everything. 
right? Yes, give God praise. Give God praise. Give God praise. Right, and so, first and foremost, God is pleased with this house because faith pleases God. Yes. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So that's a word for someone here. Maybe God has been telling you, go forward. And you're waiting. You've been looking at your TD app. Uh, you know, RBC, that stuff is very, very important. The first one in the morning, psh, let me see. <laughs> let me see the damage. What's happening now? What's going out and coming in? You're looking for everything to be complete before you start moving. And God has said to you, go forward. God would never give you everything before you start. Right? Because he needs you to trust him. Anyway, so, um, God is pleased with you guys because of your actions, your steps of faith, how you trusted him, how you put your trust in him. And so, but beyond that, God is also pleased with you for your sacrifice. Your sacrifice. You know, we said, do as the Lord puts in your heart. I didn't promise you a seven-day miracle. <laughs> I didn't tell you bring $700 and you get 7000 in seven days. None of that. No gimmicks. I just said, talk to the Holy Spirit what he puts in your heart to do. Right? And between you and God, you did what you could. And those of you that maybe didn't have jobs at the time, you didn't have money, you came here and you worked with man manual labor. Guys were here painting, right? People were here cleaning up, doing all kinds of stuff. We did a lot of this, you know, some of the stuff ourselves, obviously to offset the costs. But you sacrificed your time, your energy. Some of you, a lot of us, your resources, a lot of sacrifice went into this. And God is pleased with it. Not to say that God does not bless people when, he do, when they don't give to him. You know me, I don't believe in that philosophy. But the truth of the matter is that God loves all of us equally. But not everyone loves God. Do you understand that? Yeah. And so there is a way God reveals himself to people that love him. It's not to say you, you can never buy God's love. He already loves us. There's nothing you can do today or not do to make God hate you. He loves you as much as he, he's ever done, all right? But not all of us love God. Do you understand that? So one of the ways we, we show that we love is by acts of sacrifice. When we give to God, when we spend our time, we spend, it was a lot of work, okay? A lot of stress, but thank God that we came through it. And so God is pleased with this house. I get the feeling that God is really pleased with us, and he wants to do something special for us. He wants to do something special in your life. And as you come on that... Why not this corporate house, this corporate anointing, this corporate grace, everything that's happening in this church, multiplied measures would happen in your life in the name of Jesus. I say to you all the time that the church is not a building. The church is the, the people. So if your church is advancing, your church is moving forward, you have to be moving forward in your life. So the first of three prophetic Sundays, what God has put in my heart for this first one is to tell you all to do what? Go, go forward, go forward. Go forward. Next week, the Lord says to tell you that your light has come. Mm -hmm. And the third Sunday, the Lord says to tell you, I will help you. I will help you. That's my favorite. I will help you. Funny enough, and for those of you who know, you know how we operate, usually I know where, what I'm teaching months in advance. Weeks, at least six, seven out, weeks out. I only got the last one this morning because I kept waiting. I'm like, I was actually getting, I was panicking because this is not... This is not a usual spot for me. I, two weeks before, I have to preach a sermon. I don't know what I'm going to say. And this when I was coming in, and the Lord said to me, it's the third one is, I will help you. God will help you. <laughs> in 2022, God will help you. But let's start we go forward before we get to help. When we say go forward, that means progress. 
simple. Don't forget that not every movement or every kind of motion is positive. You can be going around in a circle. You know what I mean? Not every activity is progress. So when we say go forward, it, it indicates that from God's point of view, there is, number one, a direction, and then there is movement in that direction. So if this is the direction and you're going in this direction, you might think you're going forward. In reality, you're actually going back because there is no physics that connects this to this unless there is a change of direction. Isn't that so? Right. So going forward just means we're talking about progress. That means that you're going to see progress in your life. That means that you're going to move from where you are to where you ought to be in the name of Jesus Christ. And when we talk about progress, as far as God is concerned, let me bring balance to this. All right. There are two broad dimensions of progress. Okay. The first one is evident progress. There are things that you see, you and I see in the life of a person that we all agree this looks like progress. Does that make sense? So, for example, maybe you're a student, you finish school, you graduate, that's progress, no? Okay, you get a job, that's progress, no? We all agree that, that that's progress, I hope. Um, <laughs> you, maybe you get married, okay, you start having children, all those things that generally society, you and I, no matter how spiritual you are, we agree on some basic definitions of what we call progress. That's evident progress. But then there is what I will call um, hidden progress, which is progress that, <laughs> to the naked eye, it, it, you can't see it. You, you know what I mean? I don't like that one. Now, the reason why <laughs> is because sometimes with God, the way up is down. You see why I don't like that one. <laughs> I don't like it at all. That, because sometimes, you know, people look at your life and they can assess and say, this guy is going back. But as far as God is concerned, you're actually going forward. That's, that's what I call hidden progress. So, you, like, think about a tree or a seed. You plant a seed. You see the stem. That's evident progress. But then there's also something that's growing downwards, right? The roots. And it's the roots that actually support everything else. And so with God... I'm saying this to bring balance now because I'm talking about progress. I know all of us are going to jump on evident progress. I will, I will, I'll, it, my account will double by this time. All those things. Evident progress is seen. It's visible. It's evident. It's generally accepted. No one can argue with that. But then there's hidden progress that only God sees. That only God's dictionary defines those activities as progress. For example, there was a man called Joseph. Joseph said, I have a dream that one day. No, I have a dream. He told his brother, and his brothers, <laughs> they hated him. And God said, progress, check. Ha -ha. Then, then, they sold him into slavery. God said, progress, check. Right? Then his master's wife lied, not lied on. Nigerians say lied on. Lied against him because he refused to lie on her. You get it? <laughs> okay. And then, they took his coat and threw him into jail. God said progress. You know what I mean? He's in jail, being a good Christian, helping people. The guy that he helped forgot him. God said, check, progress. Now, if you and I, <laughs> if, if you and I meet a guy like Joseph, you will say, first, you cannot be my friend. <laughs> Any spirit of bad luck that is on your life, let it not come near me. You are, you are, you are cursed. That's exactly what we would say. But God said that's progress. So that's, that's hidden progress. Same thing with Jesus. 
Jesus, his destination, like I said, progress has to be, you have to go in the right direction. His destination was to become king of all things, ruler over everything. That was his destiny. You know, um, Jesus is king over all. Jesus is king of kings. You know what I mean? The Bible calls him the head of the church. So if you're a believer, Jesus is the head. The Bible also calls him the head of principalities and powers. So if you're a herbalist, he's still your head. You understand what I mean? And he's the head of all creation. So if you're inanimate, he's still your head. That was his destiny. Jesus is head over all. Can you give Jesus praise? He's head. Yeah. He's head over everything. He's head over everything. That was his destiny. And he started to tell the people, I'm about to make, in fact, I'm about to accelerate in destiny. I'm going to the cross. <laughs> Peter said, guy, listen to me. I've left my business to come and follow you. Don't talk about this cross. Don't say anything about a cross. And the Bible says Jesus rebuked him. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. So when Jesus was being whipped, that was progress. And he went through all that. That was progress. So there is evident progress and there's hidden progress. I'm glad to let you know that. I'm talking about evident progress today. <laughs> I'm glad to let you know that. I'm talking about visible, tangible progress today. All right? But just giving you perspective. All right? You will go forward in Jesus' name. You will go forward in Jesus' name. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 4 and verse 15. Paul is talking to Timothy. He says to him, meditate on these things. He says that so that your progress may appear to everyone. There is a dimension of progress that appears to all men. That even your enemies say you are making progress. You know what I mean? The Bible says when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion. We were like them that dream dreams. But he says that the testimony about our restoration and the progress that we were now making was actually in the camp of the enemy. He said, now said thee amongst the heathens. The enemies met and they said, the Lord has done great things for them. That's evident progress. You know, I remember the story in Acts chapter 4, when P Acts chapter 3 rather, Peter and John were going to the temple. Remember that story? There was a man who was lame at his feet. At the beautiful gate. He was 40 years. He never walked a day in his life. And the Bible says, Peter ministered to him, raised him up, and he started jumping and leaping. And he went into the temple. Everybody knew this guy because he was a beggar. He sat at the gate for years. He's 40 years old. They all knew him. They knew his story. And when they saw him, there was obviously an uproar. Every, the place went gaga. And they arrested the disciples. And they were trying to intimidate them. They were trying to pass a verdict over them. But they said something very important in Acts chapter 4, verse 16. They said, the enemy said, that a notable miracle has been done. It's impossible to deny. Do you understand that? There, there are certain things that God does that even the enemy looks at your life and says, look, I'll try again. The, I've lost this battle. You know what I mean? That's the kind of progress I'm talking about. There is going to be visible, tangible, discernible progress in the name of Jesus Christ. And so in the text that we read, think about that story of Moses and the Israelites. They're coming out of Egypt. They just came out of Egypt after a, you know what happened in Egypt. Back and forth, 10 plagues, 
the death of the firstborns, God showed himself strong. God showed himself mighty. And now they've left. The Bible says they left with boldness. They left with boldness. I'm sure when they were walking out of the streets, they were looking at their neighbors and said, didn't we tell you our God is mighty? We told you we were living. They left with boldness. And after a while, Pharaoh changed his mind and started coming after them. Now, here they are. They're headed towards the Red Sea. And God made sure that they went towards the Red Sea. By the way, that's another story for another day. There was nowhere to go on the left, nowhere to go on the right. They were boxed in. The Bible actually said they were boxed in, and behind them was Pharaoh. Now, please think about this. <laughs> if you have a mountain on the left-hand side, and you have another mountain on the right-hand side, and you have Pharaoh and his army behind you, and you have the Red Sea in front of you, I believe we'll all have different reactions. Someone would have that, um, you have the flight or fight instinct. Where would you go? I, no, I want to know. I'm, tell me, which direction would you go? Huh? Where? Mountain. Okay, you go and climb. <laughs> all right, all right, you climb. Where would you go? You Egypt, quickly, you surrender to Pharaoh. We're very sorry. We made a mistake. Just turn back and just kneel down. All of you, wave the white handkerchief. Take us back. We'll build you more pyramids. The last place to go is forward. That's the one variable that is... is <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? You can try to climb the mountains. You can try to go around the mountains. You can try to even fight Pharaoh or beg Pharaoh. But then go forward. How does that make sense? And some of you right now, you're probably in a place where it makes no sense to go forward. You're actually trying to retract. You want to go back. Or you would rather just stay where you are. Simply. And God is saying to tell you, go forward. So God has sent me to a group of people today. Find yourself in any of these groups. God has sent me to a group of people, first, who are facing obstacles. And obstacles come in diverse forms. For some of you, your obstacle is maybe a board exam. For some of you, there are systemic obstacles, maybe in your place of work, that has put a limitation on you. Some of us, you are facing obstacles that are medical in nature. The doctor has said to you, certain things will not happen for you, or this is going to be your lot for the rest of your life. You're facing an obstacle of any kind, like the Red Sea was an obstacle. Some of you are facing psychological obstacles. There's no physical blockade, but there's a blockade in the mind. In your mind, you just can't get yourself to go past certain things. I'm here to tell you to go forward. If God told, God actually asked Moses, why are you even talking to me about this issue? Just go forward. Just go forward. Those who are facing spiritual obstacles, you're being resisted. Those who are stuck. I'm here to talk to those who are stuck. If you're stuck in any way at all, you don't know what to do next. That's what it means to be stuck. You don't have an answer to the questions of life that you're facing in this moment. That's what it means to be stuck. You don't know how things are going to work out. That's what it means to be stuck. Have you ever been stuck before? Ever, not now. Maybe you, maybe now God has blessed you. You're not, you've never been stuck, you guys. 
this church, you are blessed. You've never received a bill that you said, <clears throat> you, you know, you don't use glasses, but you're like, <clears throat> let, me, <clears throat> let me check my, what's this? You've never had a situation where you didn't know how you were going to navigate. Thank you for honest people in this church. God says, go forward. I'm here to talk also to those who have just come through a season of battles. There's something about spiritual battles. I'm speaking to someone. When you've just come through a season of spiritual battles, even if you won the battle, there's something called fatigue. You understand what I'm saying? Weariness. You are just tired. So there's no blockade. There's nothing in your way, but you can't go anywhere. You just let me just catch my breath. All these night vigils, all these prayers I've been praying, all these fasting I've been fasting. Thank God for victory. But now I'm not even thinking of progress. Can I just at least just revel? Can I just enjoy the victory? You're tired. You're worn out. And that's where they, they were. They, they've been through a back and forth with Pharaoh. Pharaoh is a stubborn enemy. I keep telling people all the time, all I needed to see was the very first plague in Egypt. I'm letting the people go. All of them. All of them. Pharaoh said no. So you have, you've been in this back and forth. You've been dealing with the situation. You're oppressed. Maybe in your dreams you've been praying against this, this situation. And all of a sudden you just feel like you've broken through. And you're like, ah, oh, finally. Let me just sit down and catch my breath. And God is saying to you, what? Go, go forward. We're not sitting down. We're not catching our breath. We're going, we're going forward. You have to talk to people who, who've made big leaps. <laughs> You've just got a major victory. You had a major win. Maybe it didn't even come with a battle. You know what I mean? God just blessed you in an unusual way. You weren't expecting it. God just did something in your life. And because naturally, when you have a big win, what sets in is contentment. A little bit of complacency. You're, you're happy. Do you understand what I'm saying? Not a bad thing. That's a good thing. But God is saying to you still, go forward. There's something more I have for you. The last victory, the last thing that you had is nothing compared to where I'm taking you. Don't settle for too long. That's what God is trying to say. The Bible actually says in, I think it's Amos chapter 6 and verse 1, that woe to those who are at ease in Zion. Children of Israel, these same people, slaves, when they went on their journey, they started to conquer nation after nation, king after king. They went from place to place, winning battles. And they became a little bit relaxed. And in Joshua chapter 13, God is saying to them in verse 1, he said, there is still so much land for you to conquer. So for some of us, we're not, we're not in a bad place. God has blessed you. You've got the job of your dreams. You're okay. You've got the boo or the bay of your dreams. You're okay. And all those things. Some things are working out for you. Some things are clicking for you. And God is saying to you, go. Go forward. There's still so much land to conquer. There's still so much to do. Go forward. Go forward. I'm talking to those who have navigated a bend. Hmm. I'm talking about a transition. 
when you're transitioning from one season of life to another season of life, what happens naturally? I remember when I was growing up, um, paint a visual for you guys. We had a big compound when we were living in the hood. When we moved to the place that was not the hood, we couldn't afford a big compound. We had a small house, small lot, let's put it that way. Bigger house, smaller lot. But we had a big compound when we were growing up. When I was younger, um, under 10. And, you know, when you, when you drove into the gate, double gates like, like these doors, there was a long driveway and then you drive to the garage. And so you drive in, long driveway, and on the left-hand side is a huge compound. So guys had four brothers and lots of cousins. And we turned our house into, every summer we turn our house into like an Olympic stadium. We actually prepare for our summer Olympics. We take teams and then we start to plan. And so we do, you know, the, the race, 400 meters, obviously it wasn't 400 meters, but that's what in our minds we would do that race. But I remember those days, you know, when you, when, you, when you take off and you're trying to navigate the bend to go around, you lose momentum, right? Yeah, that's what happens in seasons of transition. So, for example, um, you've just relocated from one country to another country. That's a transition. You lose momentum. You realize that the job you had before, you don't have the same prospect. Does that make sense? Am I talking to myself? I can tell you how it worked for me. It was bad. <laughs> it was bad. You're navigating from one season to another season. You lose momentum. Maybe you just graduated. So you've left the school life. You're now looking for a job. You're starting from scratch. There's, you have no momentum going there. In school, you might have had a lot of momentum. But when you get into Indeed and LinkedIn, you realize that <laughs> the momentum, you're starting from scratch. You know what I mean? You relocate from, you know, one city to another city. And you have to build relationships. You have to, you know, you're starting, quote unquote, you're starting. So you're, you're navigating a bend. As a church, we transition from being an online church to a semi-permanent space. That's a transition. We're still navigating that bend. We're trying to figure out what does normal look like for us. And God is talking to us and he's saying to us, go forward. When you pivot, it costs you momentum. That's what I'm trying to say. If you go, <laughs> if you're going straight at top speed and you just turn, you'll fall over, you tip over. But there is an ability that God gives that allows you to pivot and not lose momentum at all. Yeah. So God will give you the grace so you can continue to make progress. Don't tell people I'm starting over. It doesn't matter where I move to. I'm never going to start over. I will continue. Do you understand? The earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof. I will continue. If you take me to Yukon, Yukon territories, I'll, I'll continue. <laughs> In Jesus' name. I've started over many times. I'm not starting over again, ever. I've sustained a revelation that helps me. You will continue in Jesus' name. Whatever transition you're going through, from single life to married life, you will never start over. In Jesus' name. I'm talking to those who are circling. Going around in circles. Like the woman in John chapter 4. You've had four boyfriends. Too soon. For some of us. It's just wa time wasters. You're just circling. Circling. You're going around in circles. You're on a job. You have a job, but you're not making progress. You work hard, but you don't see results. You're circling even in your walk with God, you're going through the motions, you're serving on team, you're praying, you're doing all the things that pastor says you should do, but you don't see the results. You're not seeing fruit. 
The Bible says in Deuteronomy 2 and verse 3, God was talking to the people. He said to them, you have gone around this mountains long enough. Now go northward. Some of you, you've been circling long enough. Some of you are circling because it's convenient, it's comfortable. Because for you to go forward, it takes faith. You have to realize that when God told these people to go forward, the Red Sea did not part until they started moving. A lot of, I'm like that. I'm like, God, you, you want me to go, right? Show the, you know, show, let everything be arranged in order. And God says, no, I don't work like that. No. You walk towards this. When you put your first step, then you realize that it opens up, right? So, God is not going to do everything and then you see a perfect picture, then you now say, oh, now I understand. No. No. He's telling you take a step of faith. He's telling you do something. To the Lighthouse Church as a whole, as a body, he's telling us go forward. I know we've just had a major victory. We're still dancing. We're still celebrating. Still enjoying the testimony and all that. And God is saying to you, there is a lot of land to conquer. There's a lot of ground to cover. First thing I'll say to you about this that you need to note is don't wait for everything to be perfect. Take action. Take a step of faith. Some of you, you've been thinking about buying a house for seven years. It's time to stop thinking and start buying. Start by buying, um, buy something small. Do you understand what I'm saying? God is strange. God is strange. If you don't take action, you might not see it. You might not see it. It's happened many times in my life where I start to say, I want to do something. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do that. And I'm waiting for all the pieces to align. And it wouldn't align. But the moment you take the first step, then God starts to move the pieces to, in place. And for many of us, I think you fall into that category. God has put something in your heart. Take action. Let 2022 be a year of action. All right? No, don't. Just once you clear with God in your heart, just take action. And trust God to support you as you go forward. Go forward. Go forward. The second thing is don't complain. Don't complain. One of the things that we do when we are stuck is we complain. And that's what they were doing. They started to complain against God and against Moses. Did, did we not tell you? For some of you right now, you're in the complaining place. All your prayers sound like this. God, I don't even know why it's taking you so long. Prayer, I've prayed. Fasting, I've fasted. What else can I do? Complaining. Don't complain. They started to complain against Moses. Problem about complaining is that when you're complaining, you can't go forward. No, nobody progressing is complaining. <laughs> Listen, you need to observe people's lives very well. When you have that one friend that is always complaining, you know, there's some people like that. They always, they, they, ah, this Ottawa, this winter, it's too cold, minus six, Jesus. Now, <laughs> in that same Ottawa, people are making progress you are complaining. 
And people are always complaining. They're not, they usually, you find that they're in the same spot. So don't complain. Let 2022 be a year of no complaints. Okay? Don't complain. Pray. Don't complain. There's a difference. There's a difference. Number three, don't blame anyone. That's very hard to do. Because some of you right now, you're like, I'm in this situation. It's because that boy broke up with me. I should have been married by now. Listen, you, are, you should be glad that God let him go. Let me tell you that. Until people take responsibility for their lives, for their happiness, for the state of things in their lives, God can do little with it. Own it. Own it. Don't blame Moses. Do you understand? Don't blame your pastor. Please. God, the Bible said, <laughs> don't blame Moses, okay? It wasn't me. Don't blame Moses. Don't blame anyone. Don't blame your friend. Don't blame your parents. A lot of us blame our parents. Don't blame your parents. Parenting is hard. I can tell you now that I'm a parent. And I know you think you would, you would do better, but wait until you become one before you make judgment. Do you understand? Don't blame your parents. They're doing the best they know how. Don't blame your wife or your husband. Those are the easiest people to blame. I hope you know. Your husband and wife, you agree on a decision, you make a decision. The thing doesn't work out very well. Immediately, you blame your spouse. Even though it was your idea. <laughs> True. I, I told you, we shouldn't do this thing. You kept saying the Lord spoke to you. The Lord spoke to you. <laughs> now, has the Lord spoken? Don't blame your spouse. Don't blame your spouse. One of the lessons I've learned, every year, I, I feel like God teaches me certain lessons every year. One of the lessons I learned this year, I will tell you, is that every time is just a snapshot in time. You understand? Yeah. So you can blame. Let's assume that even, let's assume that it was your spouse. Let's assume that she, she was wrong. <coughs> let's just assume. Where is she? She's not, thank the Lord. Right? Um, let's assume that she was wrong. And you've taken a decision and it doesn't turn out the way you want to turn out. You start blaming her. I told you. You don't hear God. I hear God. Now, <laughs> listen to me. That's a moment in time. That decision looks bad today. Only today. Two years later, she'll tell you, mm. <laughs> did I not tell you? <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Just relax. If you can trust God, even when you've made mistakes, if you can trust God, even when you've made mistakes, God can turn it around. Yes, he can't. God is never confused. He's never out of options. God is not the guy trying to figure out, ah, I've not seen this kind of problem before. No, he's okay. If your, if your attitude through it remains positive, it's your choice. God can't help you with attitude, right? That's your problem. You, you would have to decide, what, does, what do I want my attitude to be towards the situation? Yes, it's not that great, yet things are not the best. Okay, there's been some setbacks. Okay, but what do I want my reaction to be? When you cannot control the events around you, you must control your, your own issue. 
Don't blame anybody, 2022. Just remember, anytime you're tempted to blame someone, remember that once you start blaming someone, you're, you stop making progress. Yeah, you do. So go forward is an encouragement. It's a command for some of you. For some of you, it's a notice to hell. <laughs> that no matter what they do next year, you are going forward. Yeah. All the demons in hell cannot stop you. It's a notice to hell. You are going forward. It's good news to you. Okay? Let me tell you about the power of a prophetic word. Because when people hear a prophetic word, you expect what they now call forensic prophecy. Have you heard of God will deliver the body of Christ. Hi, Buki. We love you. Welcome. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know what they call forensic prophecy? Someone just calls you and says, mm, Brandy, there's a $20 bill in your, in your wallet. This is the serial number. You've not heard of forensic prophecy before. Of the $20 bill, and it's accurate. So, ah, very accurate. That's true. That's, po- that's possible, actually. But let me tell you about prophecy, right? There is an aspect of prophecy that has to do with, number one, information, knowledge. Usually you say the word of knowledge. So that's knowledge. Someone knows something supernaturally that they should never have known. Do you understand that? That's the, that's the part of prophecy that helps to deal with complicated problems that have its root in an error or an evil. So, for example, if you're going through a situation and you've been praying, you've been praying, you've been praying, and you're not seeing progress in that situation, by the knowledge or the informational dimension of prophecy, God can reveal that what happened was you made this mistake four years ago that has led to this. You understand that? So you know how to pray and how to tackle it. Otherwise, sometimes you can pray for years just to realize you're wasting your time. Sometimes it's demonic, and God shows the roots of the issue. There was something that happened, and this was what opened the door. So you know how to deal with the demonic issue. That's the informational dimension of prophecy. That's one angle. There is the foretelling dimension of prophecy. That's the one that someone can tell you that on Tuesday, someone is going to call you at 12 p.m. The person's name is going to be Deji. He's going to give you a million dollars. I see how you don't, you don't, you don't raise me in this church. <laughs> like, amen. <laughs> like, two people say amen. Like, pastor is dreaming. Anyways, don't worry. The day comes. That's a foretelling. And it happens accurately. That's the dimension you find in the life of Samuel. He was dangerous in that dimension of prophecy. Samuel stood in the morning with Saul. Told him, at 9 a.m., you will see three men with this, this, this. At 12 p.m., you will see this. At 6, you will see this. That, that was the dimension. And everything happened. Exactly as it said. That's foretelling. Something about the future that happens. But there's a third dimension of prophecy, which is forthtelling. That's a major dimension in the Bible where there's been no vision, you're not foretelling, there's no information, but by the backing of the Holy Spirit, the word is spoken that God backs up. You understand that? The foretelling dimension. That's the dimension you find in the life of Elisha when there's been a, there was a famine in the land. Famine got so bad that people started eating their own children. People turned to cannibalism. It was bad. That's, that's a really bad famine. And the Bible says that the king went to Elisha and said, I will kill this prophet because clearly this is a problem from the Lord and you're a prophet of that God, so you will be killed. And Elisha 
I think this is Second Second Kings chapter six verse one or chapter seven verse one said, "As the Lord lives, by this time tomorrow." He didn't see anything. He just released a word. And the Bible says that God confirms the word of his servants and performs the counsel of his messengers. If the person is a servant of God or a messenger of God, God can confirm. That's the fourth telling dimension of prophecy. Someone said, I prophesied to you, Brandy, that in the next six weeks, God will move it to another level. They didn't, they didn't see anything, but that's for. Let us say amen. <laughs> That's a foretelling dimension of prophecy. So we're talking about the foretelling. When God says to you, go forward, all right, that word sustains power in itself to move spiritual things around in your favor, and you just see yourself going forward. It doesn't matter what the obstacles are. So the Red Sea had no chance against the word of God. Once God says, go forward, and you're doing what God asks you to do, Everything will align for you because God has spoken it. So I say to you, go forward in the name of Jesus. Go forward. Go forward in every area of your life in the name of Jesus Christ. 2022, you will progress at an amazing speed. It would amaze you. It would amaze those around you in the name of Jesus Christ. Remember the story in Ezekiel 37. Increase your volume now. I just want to wrap up. In Ezekiel 37, the Bible says that God, the spirit of the Lord came upon the prophet from verse 1. Took him into a valley of dry bones. The Bible says that there were many bones. There were many. They were very dry and they were very many. The bones were so dry that they had separated. That's dry bones. When you see a skeleton, usually you still see the bones joined together. It takes a while. What joins bones together? Ligaments, right? Yeah, the ligaments dried up. The bones were separated. And the Bible says God asked the prophet. He said, can these bones live? <laughs> and the guy said, well, since you're asking, you must have an answer. God knows. So some of you are asking, can I make progress with all this baggage I'm carrying? With all these things that are arrayed against me? With all these obstacles? Can I make progress when I don't even know how the bills are about to be paid? And the Bible says God said to the man, the prophet, in verse 4, he said again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones. That's a foretelling. When God says to you, prophesy. So speak to the bones. And God gave him what to say. Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of these bones, Surely I'll cause breath to enter into you, and you shall leave. I'll put sinews on you, and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And so I'm prophesying as I was commanded that in 2022, you will go forward. Amen. If I were you, I'll say in a better amen. amen. 
that in 2022, you will go forward. It doesn't matter what the obstacles are. It says you, you will go forward. It doesn't matter what the economy is saying. I heard that inflation rate is really high now, all those things. What does it matter? If inflation rate is 5% and you get 100% increase in your salary, are you, are, you, are you affected by inflation? So you will go forward next year. In the name of Jesus Christ. Prophesy as I was commanded. And I prophesied. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. So I spoke and things started to happen. Suddenly, a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to bone. Hmm. Now, you see, when God speaks and when God prophesies, everything would line up in order. The leg would not join at the shoulder. Imagine a guy that has legs for hands and hands for, for legs. Everything will line up properly. So you need to know how. For God is saying to you, go forward. You are saying, ah, but there is this part, bone to bone. Does that make sense? Bone to, bone to bone. In the right place, at the right time. It will be in order. It will be in order. You will not meet anything that's out of order. In the name of Jesus Christ. Go forward. I prophesied. The Bible says when I did, there was no breath in them. So the bones came together. Everything set up properly, but it was just a skeleton. No, I mean, no, no bacteria. It was flesh now, but no breath. Then God said to me again, prophesy to the wind or to the breath. So the first prophecy was to the bones. The second was to the elements. And in some cases, maybe there are elements around you. There are issues. Maybe there are, like I said, maybe there are regulations in your workplace that are going to limit you and all that stuff. I prophesy concerning everything that touches you next year that you will go forward in Jesus' name. As an individual, you will go forward. As a family, you will go forward. As a house, we will go forward in the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever you lay your hands to do, it will prosper greatly in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that God's hand came on Elijah. He had supernatural speed. If you've lost time in any way, and some of you right now, the Holy Spirit is going to start to minister to you ways and things that areas you need to make decisions and take action. The hand of God will come upon you next year. You would operate by the speed of God. In the name of Jesus Christ. The limitations and the barriers in the mind that you've imposed upon yourself. I bring those thoughts into captivity. I command them never to resurface concerning you. Negative thoughts. Negative thoughts. Negative thoughts that bind a person. They will never resurface concerning you. In the name of Jesus Christ, can we give God praise? Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe to our podcast channel. If you want to be a blessing to others, share the message. To stay connected, download our app and follow us on Instagram at Lighthouse Church Ottawa. We love you.